up until the time where the ego construct developed in humans, we felt at one with everything else, with all of creation, like the rest of the creatures. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Award-winning author and TEDx speaker Christian de la Huerta is a sought-after spiritual teacher, personal transformation coach, and leading voice in the breathwork community. His book, Awakening the Soul of Power, the first of a three-part series calling all heroes, was released just this past year in October. He has been described by music icon Gloria Estefan as a bomb for the soul. Christian, welcome. Thank you, Rachel. I'm honored to be on the show. It's not every day that I get to speak with the Poet Laureate of beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you too. And I know we have so much to talk about. So I'm going to ask a a pretty obvious question, but I think it will lead in nicely to the rest of of the, uh, the episode today. How did you get started in all of this? all of this work? That's a big question. Um, You know, I've always had a sense of of mission, Mm -hmm. like a desire to serve humanity or the sacred, however I interpreted that at different points in my life. Like when I was young, I grew up in a very Catholic family, so I thought I wanted to be a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, Then realized in my later teens that that religion didn't have room for me, Mm -hmm. for who I am. So you know, it's, and so later in my, um, as I was approaching 30, I began to, to look towards the East. So I started exploring both the mystical traditions of the West and, and the traditions of the East. Um, and so I, but that mission, that sense of wanting to make a difference to, to help human beings, um, get free from our self-made prisons. Um, it's still what drives all of what I do, what drives the you know the, the theme of this book that I just released. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And how did you get started with writing? You know, my first book uh, came out 20 years ago. I was actually approached by a publisher, one of the New York, uh, you know, publishing houses back then. And I had an, a simultaneous yes and the honor of being you know like kind of anointed in the shoulder with a mission and yikes like it was like yes yikes (laughs) because i I didn't you know i'd never written before i had never written a book before i didn't i didn't want to be in the public eye you know i'm primarily introverted um and which means that you know that i process things internally before i speak them um and that i'm probably most comfortable by myself in nature um and it's that sense of mission that we're talking about that that allows me to that allows me to do what I do and to speak all over the world. And, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I I get that as a as a self proclaimed introvert who loves nature myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, and and one of the things that I figured that as with your given your shamanic studies, I figured that you would understand. Yeah, I I do, and it it is something I think that that you're aware of, or one can be aware of very, very early on in life, you know, that, that somehow as a child, you just feel at home outdoors or in nature or with your bare feet on the ground or whatever it is. 
I used to talk to trees, you know, <laughs> and I guess I still do. I still but, do. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it. I um, still do. Yeah. Yeah. It's and a, you know, and in, in this, this year of, of pandemic is like that. It's been a blessing to be. Exactly. Try, you know, to have that connection to self. I like, thank goodness that I enjoy my own company. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know when people say I'm bored. It's like, I don't even understand that. I don't understand that word either, but I, I, I can see it's just, it's like you're bored because you haven't opened the door to go out, not necessarily even literally outside, but open the door even into your inner self. Thank you. To find out how much there is, how much richness is there. Oh my God. And and what a a universe to explore in there. Yeah. It's, it's, that's something and being lonely too. Sometimes I don't understand. I mean, I understand it, of course, need for human connection, but when there's so much life around us all the time, um, you know, I'm looking at the trees right now, waving in the wind and like, Oh, hi. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I totally get that. I never feel lonely. Like in the in this last year pandemic, I you know I've been in a long distance relationship, mm. um, which is the reason that you know that I go to Bucks County and Lambertville, oh. New Jersey, so often. Mm. Um, but I do so I get the skin hunger part of it, but I never feel lonely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, so that's a great way to segue, I think, into into awakening the soul of power. Um, so. Let's talk about personal power for a second, and um, and we can dive in anywhere. There are a couple of shades of personal power that I want to get into, but you talk about um, selling out on your personal mm-hmm. power and how to free ourselves from self-sabotage, which is one of the ways to do that. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what that means. What, first of all, what is personal power and how do we, how do we sabotage it? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think most of us have an ambivalent relationship to power. Mm-hmm. We want it, but we're afraid of it. And, and as I've been doing retreat work on that theme and developing my, my thinking about that for the last 10 years, I, what I've realized is that, at core, we fear that we might abuse it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no wonder. Like All we have to do is turn on the news on any given day yeah. and, and witness at least one abuse of power. Right. And so what good-hearted person wants to do that? We've also been conditioned you know, to think that power is a negative thing. It's a bad thing. So power corrupts. Absolute mm-hmm. power corrupts absolutely. Right. So what good-hearted, good-hearted person wants to be corrupted? Mm-hmm. Add to the mix the fact that we've been conditioned that the emotions are weakness and, and we hate conflict. We avoid confrontation. Put all that into, into a mix. And what happens is we end up selling out on our power. We end up saying yes when inside we feel no. Mm-hmm. Um, we end up selling short on our, our, our beliefs, our dreams, our convictions, our, our boundaries, what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And, and settling for an illusion of security, mm. for a false sense of acceptance, mm-hmm. and for morsels of pseudo-love. Mm. And none of that is a smart strategy. It's not effective. It doesn't really work. What, what is pseudo-love? Pseudo-love is like, you know, like, like a semblance of love. You know, because if, if we're selling out, 
if we're selling out the, the hugeness, the magnificence of who we are and settling for, because we're, we're avoiding, you know, we're settling for a false sense of peace mm-hmm. or we don't want to, we, we know we feel like if we really said what, what's in our mind, we might cause conflict in our relationships or, or even worse, we might end up alone. Um, it's, we're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so when we present ourselves as less as who we are, mm-hmm. that's all that we can get back in return. Right. So it's so we cannot expect full on, you know, love um, if if we're not presenting ourselves as that. Right. Right. And it's a scary thing to do because you're putting yourself out there. Like you said, there's a fear that I'll be rejected. I'll be alone. And, and, um, and so, and, and, and you mentioned conflict a couple of times, and I'd love to chat about that for a second. A lot of people are averse to conflict because of what you said, it's high risk. Um, it's not pleasant. I might, you know, be butting heads with somebody that I, I don't want to do. Um, when I work with conflict, uh, either with couples or individuals in my therapy practice, we talk uh, sometimes about how conflict can be positive because conflict is an opportunity to heal uh, something that isn't, you know, that's abrading against itself, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the ideologies or the thoughts or the feelings. And, um, and I wonder if, if that rings true to you, the idea of conflict as an opening of course, of course. And, and you're right, it's not fun. You know, having a difficult conversation is not fun for anybody. I guess there are a few people who get off on mm-hmm. on, on locking horns. I certainly don't. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a necessary part of life. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's, the alternative is like stifling who we are. Um, and, and what, you know, to complete the, the earlier thought, what they didn't tell us about that quote, power corrupts. Mm-hmm is that it, it specifically was talking about political power, not right. interpersonal power. Right. Um, and so the message of this book is that there is a way to express our power and to be all of who we are and to have clear boundaries and, and, and to no longer settle for less without it needing to be abusive. It's to, that we can express our power in a way that is not hierarchical, that is not about fear, force, you know, that it doesn't require putting somebody down, putting our knee to their neck in order for us to prop ourselves up and feel powerful, Mm -hmm. that there is a way that we can, uh, you know, navigate conflict, Mm -hmm. get through power struggles and avoid getting into power struggles. Um, without selling out in ourselves in a way that is congruent with our innate nature. Right, right. And you speak in the book about this is a journey and and you bring up Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Uh, and this is something that many people know about, some, some people don't know about. Um, and you state that we are all heroes of our, of our own journey, basically. And I wonder... Um, I can I can hear some some people saying, "Well, I'm not a hero. I'm, I'm the last thing that ever would be a hero." Could you speak to those people, please, and explain what you mean when you say we're all heroes? Yeah, and you know, and I I get that. I struggle with that word. Um, and you know, I start the book out by saying that I'm an unlikely person to be writing about 
personal heroism and in what it means to be a hero in the 21st century and, and stepping in, into our power. You know, I was I was raised in a communist regime in my first 10 years of life, which was very hierarchical. The state controlled you and everything that you did or, or tried to. Um, and also the Catholic Church is also very hierarchical and patriarchal and power over. Yeah. Um, and um, so, and COVID has kind of forced us or, or given us the opportunities to expand what we think of as her as heroic. Mm -hmm. Like like before that, most of us would have probably thought, you know, like a superhero, uh, you know, with a cape or uh, maybe a warrior or first responder. Right. You know, now, now we include our healthcare practitioners, our, our doctors and our nurses and our respiratory therapists, mm -hmm. and maybe even our grocery store clerks and our delivery people who at some point were placing their lives at risk to, to keep the rest of us fed and, and provided for. Mm -hmm. um, and what about the rest of us? You know, it's like yeah. I, I, sometimes, you know, it feels like just waking up in the morning uh, and maintaining a sense of self and equanimity and, and, and inner peace in this crazy chaotic world of ours that even that is a heroic feat. Um, and so the way, the way that I write about heroism is, you know, like understanding what the ego mind is and how we break, how we break free from it so that we're not approaching life in, in, from its fearful, reactive, defensive um, mode with all of its shenanigans and machinations that that is nothing short of heroic. Yeah, 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 for sure. In fact, that's a beautiful segue into let's talk about the ego. Um, and and there are so many different definitions and, and thoughts that we have about the ego. And it can be an ally, but it can also be one of our biggest blocks to that inner, what, what I'm hearing you say is the inner heroic work. This isn't easy stuff. To yes. to to step into your power sounds gorgeous. I want it on a T-shirt. I've stepped into my power, but it's not that easy. And you have to weed through so much self-doubt, so much programming. You know, you said with, you know, living in a communist state and, and, and the, the rules of the Catholic Church, we all in our own ways have that kind of um uh, language and self-talk that's that's created from what we heard as children um and the ego kind of has to manage all of that so when what what's your take on the ego and how it how it shows up on this journey yeah i, I knew that you'd appreciate this and uh, being a therapist the, and you're right. There's so much confusion about what the ego is. You know, most of us, when we hear the word, if we know the word, we'll think arrogance, inflated sense of self. You know, having a big ego, and it is that, but it's a whole lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if, like you or or, or or me, if we took Psych 101 in college, then we'll think, oh, maybe Freud's model personality, the id, the ego, the super ego, and that's not what what I'm talking about. There's things that apply, but the way that I'm that that I'm talking about the ego and teach about the ego is more derived from Eastern teachings. And it's, and it's the sense of self, right? It's, it's the part of the mind that makes sense of, of an overwhelming amount, what would be overwhelming amount of sensory information. It can reach into the past, project into the future, and somehow weave all of that into a coherent sense of personality. Like this is Christian, that's Rachel. Mm -hmm. It's like, we think about, the Latin name homo sapiens sapiens, who we are as humans, 
we can translate that to mean humans who know that we know. Right? So, so it's that self-reflexive consciousness. It's it's both what allows us to 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 reflect back upon ourselves. Um, and, it, and it's both a leap in consciousness in terms of evolution. As far as we know, we're the only species that has a sense of self. Mm. Um, and it's also the source of all our suffering. Yeah. Because up until the time where the ego construct developed in humans, we felt at one with everything else, with right. all of creation, like the rest of the creatures. Right. And, and so without birth of the ego was then, um, and this is from Ken Wilber, um, was then mythologized as the expulsion from the garden. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was like the first split in consciousness. And now because we have an individual identity, a sense of self, um, an individual personality, we can feel lonely. We can feel rejected. We can have abandonment issues. We can have a sense of our own mortality. So it's both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to say. The, the whole third or fourth of the book, the beginning of it is, is about the ego because it is the key. Understanding it is the key to freedom. It is the key to having the relationships that we dream of and the kind of life that, yeah. that we deserve to have and a sense of personal empowerment and a life that's filled with meaning and purpose. And, and here's a simple metaphor because I know we don't have the time that would really require to understand the ego. Um, but a great metaphor that's a beautiful visual that helps us get it. It's like if you put a baseball in the center of a stadium, that's what the ego is. Mm-hmm. Who we are is actually the stadium. And we've allowed this tiny, tiny, tiny part of who we are to think that it is all of who we are. Yes. Yeah. And to make some really important consequential choices about our life about our relationships about what we do and not do from its very limited and always fear-based perspective yeah 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 and and i think there are levels also of the ego we talk about the underdeveloped ego which is that one that i think you're talking about which is you know uh, always want wanting to run the show and yes. and the underdeveloped ego doesn't seem to understand uh, well as you said it's that split that that rejection from the garden um where and and again we're bringing ken wilbur up again the the concept of non-duality where we're not split from the divine we are the divine and then the ego once it's over here says okay i'm running the show and (laughs) you know what i mean and that's the underdeveloped ego but we need that ego yes we need that sense of self we need to develop it um, I think it's Carolyn Pearson who talks about it being the container for the soul. Yes. Right. Because if we didn't have that, the spirit would be flying all over the place and, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be able to, to, to channel its power, yes. right. Yes. Of, of the power of our individual spirits, which is yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah. So what good is the stadium if we don't have a baseball? <laughs> right, right. It's just there. You know? It just sits there, you know, and yeah. enjoying its own beauty. But right, it's it's not moving the the entity, yeah. the cosmic entity forward. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I and I imagine that people, you know, like I, I'm in a lot, totally in a hundred percent alignment with what you said, and because I've also struggled with like you know being the divine, or like how does like here's the way that I that I relate to it as like the divine lives in us and we live in it. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes it out of like, Oh my God, who do I think I am? You know, 
that that got it that 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 uh, you know that I'm an expression of the divine. Right. Um, it's it's yeah, it, but it, but it's interesting because if we're gonna go even by the by the by the Western spiritual traditions that claim that God is omnipresent, mm-hmm. then wait a minute, then don't tell me that God is everywhere except for ourselves. Well, yeah. And, so we want to take it a step further, except for the except for the bedroom and the genitals. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, I think it was Freud actually who said, you know, God made man in his image, not the other way around. Yes. So <laughs> the idea is we are omnipresent. We are uh omnipotent. God made man in his image, not the other way around. So we're it's not a man in the sky on a cloud you know, being right. human, it's, right. it's, it's the divine it's, and, and Jesus is, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Yes. Uh, and, and then there's the Hindu perspective. Atman is Brahman. Atman is Brahman is what you just said, the individual soul embedded within the universal soul. Yes. So, yes. and, and there's just apps. And then we go back to the non-duality where there is no, right. no right. separation. Um right. So that leads us to what you refer to, I think this is the connection, the soulful self, right, in your book. Can you describe that term for the listeners? Yes, I think the way that I think about it is when when we step out of the realm and and the limited perspective of the ego Mm -hmm. and we reconnect with our stadium nature, Mm -hmm. to stay with that metaphor, it's like to me that is what what is the soulful self and and when we step out of its limit the limited reality of the ego it's like we step into a realm that is is it's filled with miracles and magic for lack of another word in, w- in which miracles and magic are commonplace mm-hmm. um you know we're like you know to use a, a jungian term synchronicity is part of life um, and things that the little ego could never conceive of become like you know part of of living um, and it's almost like it has a different set of, of rules and even maybe physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that, it, that sounds hard to, to dis- it is hard to ascribe by definition because we're trying to describe it through the language and perspective and words yeah. of the ego. Um, so that's why we have to fall back on words like, like magic and, and mm-hmm. miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there are, like you were talking about earlier, that we're alluding to there, there's some teachings that say that you've got to kill the ego uh, because it, it is the source of all our suffering. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding of it, my perspective of it, of it is that as long as we're in, in a body in, a, in this third dimensional reality that we need to have an ego and it's not all no. bad. Yeah. And that it's good to have a sense of self. Mm-hmm. So rather than killing it, what we're going for is healing it so that we're no longer reacting to unresolved past traumas and unhealed issues and suppressed emotions. Right. Um, so that's that's what I understand as, as healing it so that we can reintroduce choice, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and rather than reacting, but the ego is all about reacting. Uh, so that we can reintroduce choice back into the equation um, and choose to choose to how we're going to show up. So um, and and so rather than than thinking, allowing the ego to continue thinking that it is running the show, that it is the sun, mm-hmm. we're like taking it outside of the place and, and putting it back in orbit around the sun. Yeah. In service to the sun, call that the higher self, 
call it our own sacred piece of, of our own piece of sacred real estate, call it the soul, call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. It has a place. It's just, and, and I think that's the, that's, it's not killing the ego so much as uh, developing the ego and, and training it to um, yeah, to have its place to, to, to help the entire entity of the being um, the, the mind, body, spirit being that we all are, uh, to, to do what it's supposed to do, um, while we're here and God only knows what that is, but, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing is certain, um, you know, we're here for some reason and yeah. whatever lesson it is or lessons they are that we're, we're here to learn. Um, it's, it's quite an adventure. Yeah, so, so that- and I love how you speak about it as the mind, body, spirit being, because we're so like, you know, like, like that, that was the, the first split was, was that right. The, the birth of the ego. And then we continue splitting ourselves, right? Here's right. my body. And then there's my mind and there are my emotions right. and there's my spirit. And we're in reality, the, the more holistic, the more shamanic, uh, the more Eastern approach to it is, is like one of wholeness. Like it's just one being. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of the work, at least that I'm doing with therapy is getting those pieces kind of put back together again, the mind, body, spirit aspect, and, and saying, you know, these, these things have to work in conjunction with one another, you know, um, they, because they all have a part, you can't be up in your head all the time and ignore your body, you know, or you can have your mind and your body working together and then forget your divinity you know, or your, your connection to primal unified awareness as the Taoists call it, you know, so that, that it just is, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. so I appreciate what you're saying there. Um, so as we, as we, I, I could talk to you all day, I hope you will come back. <laughs> I know, I know, you and I, you know, you and I could just eat one thing we've mentioned, we could spend an hour on. I know, it's so true. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that next time. But I, I think it's, it's, really important to get get an overview of especially of this book because i think it's an important one for people to to really to to read and one of the questions that i want to close with is um how do we how do we start getting to know or getting to to develop or create that soulful self what's a Hmm. what's a and, and i know that may be a big question so baby steps how how might yeah 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 yeah. and it is a big question yes two things i would say um and only half kiddingly um get the book right because because it it does walk you i've I've designed it intentionally like short chapters and interactive so each chapter has questions or practices at the end to help us integrate the teachings to our into our lives, which is the whole purpose, right? So that it's not just a good idea, mm-hmm. or like we're hypothetical. It's like no, no, these teachings can actually change our lives and and, and how we do relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, and then a, 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 like another practice, anything that we can do in terms of self observation, mm-hmm. like 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 that's the key. Like whether it's a meditation practice or whatever it is, anything that that is going to support our ability to reflect back upon ourselves and to understand who we are and why we do what we do and the patterns that we get stuck in 
right? So like, like Carl Jung said, making the, the process of the process of enlightenment is making the subconscious conscious. Right. Right. So anything we can do towards that, whether it's, it's a therapy practice or, or self-awareness, meditation, mindfulness practice, mm -hmm. that's the beginning. And, and it's, it's really the practice. Mm -hmm. Right, so that so that we are no longer adrift in this sea of reactivity, where we're at the effect of other people and their expectations, and and at the effect of subconscious um, drivers of behavior that we don't even understand why we do the things we do, right, and why right. we feel the way we do. So it all starts there. Like, and, and no wonder they used to have at the entrance of the old temples, "Know thyself." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the beginning step. Yeah, yeah, and breathe and breathe and breathe. Oh my God, it's all about the breath. Right? So yeah, mm -hmm. all about the breath. Yep, and that really is. And you mentioned um, meditation practice or whatever practice it is that allows you to drop into what what's here. Get to know it. Get to know what's present, and get to know what. Um, what maybe what your blocks are or what, where, how does your ego, what does your ego need to come to the good, to the, to the light side? I don't want to say light and dark, but you know, the, the more functional side yes. of helping the, the greater being. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And, and understanding the patterns and like, sometimes it feels like if we start zooming out and looking at our relationships um, rather than feeling victimized, but what this one did or the other one didn't do, it's like, wait a minute, let's get real. Who is the one common denominator in every one of those relationships? And so why do we keep attracting that kind of person or that kind of relationship? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so that sometimes it feels like we're in the same boring play right. with a different actor, but that's exactly. like I've been here before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So wanting, wanting the play, wanting Romeo and Juliet to end differently, but that never does. <laughs> never oh, does. So we're going to have to change the whole play. Yeah. I, I love, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always do. I'm like, maybe this time. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about what's coming up for you. Um, obviously, the book is out. So um, and available at your website, which is uh, soulfulpower.com. Um, on Amazon, I yeah. assume other booksellers, if you want independent booksellers, they are independent um, online yeah. booksellers. They're there too. Um, so what's, what's coming up for you? Yeah. Thank you for, for letting people know where they can get the book. Yeah. Wherever, wherever the books, books are sold, it's available. Um, I'm also launched a virtual um, program, a virtual coaching program. It's a year long, um, but but accessible, right? So because we're so busy and overscheduled, what, I've, what I'm loving about this program is that I get to stretch out the teachings over the course of a year. Um, and so that means that I get to deliver them piecemeal, like just bite size at a time with like the book, you know, that the key is interactivity, like applying these teachings into our, to our lives and integrating them into our lives. Um, and also with a system of accountability. So a coaching call with me every couple of weeks. In the intervening weeks, the, the, the groups are, and I'm keeping them all intimate too, you know, 20, 30 people at most, so that there's a sense of familiarity and, and safety around them. Mm -hmm. And that may change over time, but at least for now, I'm, I'm really appreciating that part of it. Um, and so in the intervening week, they meet in, in dyads or triads, and, and it could be a short 10, 15-minute meeting, but just designed 
to keep us accountable, to keep us doing what we said that we were going to do. Um, And the other thing that I'm loving is that I get to use themes from all my retreats, you know, so what it means to live heroically, understanding the ego mind. um, That's kind of the the focus of the first quarter of the year. Then we talk about personal empowerment, like we were talking about before, then doing relationships consciously um, and, and attracting the kind of relationships that, 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 have a chance of working mm-hmm. uh, and that can support our spiritual growth and evolution, which to me is ult- ultimately what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then life purpose and pers- and, and uh, stepping into conscious leadership. Yeah. Um, and it's, I just launched the first group in um, January and then this um, May, June, we're, we're launching the, the, co- the second cohort. Okay. So there would be time for people to sign up for the second cohort. If they yes, and they yes. can do that through soulfulpower.com. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Thank Beautiful. you for reminding me to say that. <laughs> of course. That's fine. In fact, uh, in the show notes, we're gonna have all of the links, ways that you can you can follow Christian and um and we'll make sure that's all there. Uh, but for now, I of course I, I hate to cut this short, but it's been a pleasure having you, Christian, and um I, I appreciate you being on self-talk. Tim Harris, thank you again so much for having me and thank you for all you do and all the lives that you impact through the show and in your shamanic and therapy work. 